0: and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. If you would turn in your Bibles this morning to Revelations um, uh, 3. Revelations 3. And if you want to follow along in the handout, if you don't have a Bible with you, there's a Bible in the uh, back of the pew in front of you, a little burgundy Bible. Uh, if you don't have a Bible at home, that's our gift to you. Take that home. Uh, we want you to know today that what we're talking about is not public opinion, it's not Carl's opinion, it's not even Transformation Church opinion, it's the Scripture's opinion, and that's what we preach here. So we preach the Bible um, and it's important you see that where, what we're talking about today comes from the Bible. And so, uh, we're in, uh, how many of you have, uh, oh, I almost forgot an announcement. Next week, we have someone who, we, because of uh, uh, being able to realign some things, we have a children's ter- church teacher that's going to be starting next Sunday. Yeah, next Sunday. So we're going to have children's church every Sunday. Yeah. We have kids in here today primarily because it's Father's Day. But starting next Sunday, our kindergarten through fifth graders will have a teacher, at least for the summer. Uh, She's a college student. She's uh, studying teaching. So really excited. And I'll introduce her next Sunday as well. So really excited about that. Share that with those who might have kids that want to be here. It's going to be a great summer. Now, how many of you have... You would, you would say you have a weak stomach. Yep, okay, just taking a poll. How many of you have stomachs like rocks? Yeah, okay. Um, and some of you would probably care not to say. Um, I can take all types of pain, all types of pain. You ask my wife, I have the highest pain tolerance of any human I know. I cut my leg open with a chainsaw a few years ago. I tied it up with a sock, finished my work day, came home was going to put a butterfly bandage on it. You think I'm lying? Ask my wife. I'm not kidding. I was fine. If I have stomach pain, call it a day. I'm done. I cannot handle my stomach being upset. I can't, can't take it. Um, when we first had Macy, when we first... Everybody's like, where are you going with this? Follow me, follow me down this road. They told us in preparation. Like for nine months, they said, Are you ready to change those diapers? And I'm like, Yeah, I can handle it. No problem. My man, it's Father's Day. What they did not specify was what would be in the diapers. Now, I am not going to be grotesque with you today. But I can tell you, some of them were fine, dandy, done. Others of them caused me to think I was losing my life to a diaper. There were colors. My daughter ate a crayon one time. She ate a crayon. Can you imagine the surprise? Can you imagine it? I, th- I called the doctor. I said, this thing is more green than I've ever seen. I can't go back in the room, doctor. Can you help me? But all of us know that twinge when we get sick. Right? That that feeling of nausea. We almost all can can tie into this. And this will make sense as we go through the sermon today. Um, But we're in the middle of a series called The Christian Atheist. And, and, And so an atheist is someone who believes there's no God. And so they live their life as if God does not exist. A Christian atheist is someone who believes in God. They would even believe in Jesus Christ, but their life does not reflect it. So they live as if he doesn't exist as well. And so the first week we talked about, I believe in God, but I don't know him. The second week we said, I believe in God, but I do not fear him. We talked about customized faith last Sunday, that God isn't something that we can just pick and choose what we like and then discard the rest. You can't just go through here and and pick little verses out that fit you and then the rest of it does not apply. A person who truly fears God loves and obeys God. And next week, really important week next week, and I, I really hope you come. I believe in God, but I don't fully trust Him. I believe in God, but I, I, I don't want to give Him everything. I don't know if I trust Him with everything. And this Sunday, we're going to talk about I believe in God and everything, but I don't want to go overboard. I don't, I don't want to be considered a fanatic. Uh, we're, going to call, we're going to call this casual Christianity. And the plague of casual Christianity. Christianity. If you're not a Christian in here today, um, we're going to talk about what it should look like to be a Christian. And if you're, you are a Christian, be aware. I'm giving you forewarning. This is going to kind of touch your heart a little bit as an American Christian. Okay? This convicted me. And so I want you to know what's coming. It's called Conviction. I pray you feel it. The scripture we're going to today in Revelations, Jesus wrote seven letters to seven churches through his his guide, John. John the Revelator. And John wrote out these letters to the church. and, And typically in these letters, the way it would go is, hey, here's something good you're doing, but I've noticed this. This This particular church here in Revelations 3 we're going to read about, there was no, hey, you're doing a good job here. (laughs) There was no cushion. He just went straight in and this is what he said. Revelations 3 and we'll start in verse 15. I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I'm going to keep reading verses 18 through 20. So I advise you to buy gold for me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments for me. So you will not be shamed by your nakedness. An ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. Hear this. Do not miss this this morning. This isn't a part of the message, but I, I need you to hear this. I correct and discipline everyone I love. I correct... This is God speaking to his people. I correct and discipline those I love. Okay. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Verse 20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. There's something you need to understand about this Church at Laodicea. 35 years prior to this letter being written, the entire city was destroyed by an earthquake. Did you know this? Laodicea was destroyed 35 years prior by an earthquake, wrecked the entire city. But Laodicea was known for having excessive wealth, okay? They were a very wealthy city. And so when they rebuilt, they rebuilt big time theaters, huge stadiums, lavish bathhouses, fabulous shopping centers. Can the ladies say amen? A big Lowe's. Can I get the fathers to say amen? They went all out. And so 35 years later, after this earthquake and they have rebuilt, they have found themselves in a place of, hear the word, indifference to God. Because why? They're comfortable. This is why I say casual Christianity. And and, and he basically says, I know your deeds, you're neither hot or cold. You're not on this side of the fence. You're not on this side of the fence. How many of you like hot coffee in the morning? Praise God. Yes. I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I'll give you an amen. How many of you like cold coffee, like those iced coffees? Oh, yeah. Getting a few nods here. Okay. Some of you said, don't do that, pastor. Don't even talk about it. It's offensive. It's offensive. How many of you love a good cup of coffee that's been sitting on the counter for about four and a half hours? Just about room temperature. No. Absolutely not. I wish you were either one. I wish you were hot or cold. But room temperature, what what the Lord says here is that I want you to be passionate about me or not at me at all. Because the in-between person, the person that says, I'm a Christian, but I don't want to go overboard. I'm a Christian, but I don't want to live my life that way. It makes him sick to his stomach. You know that twinge that, oh, I'm going to lose it. I've eaten something bad. One time, I'll tell you a story. When I was in college, it's not usually on the college checklist to go through your refrigerator and check dates. It's just not something you do. So I go in the refrigerator and anybody that knows me knows that if you have something sweet to eat, you have to have milk. You have to have milk. Anybody? Anybody have to have a glass of that cold glass of milk, hallelujah. Listen, I read in that fridge. I just had a nice brownie, boy, and I was ready to chug me a little glass of milk. I couldn't even wait for the glass. I screwed that top off, and I tipped her back, and a big old chunk of milk flew in the back of my mouth. Oh! You ever done that? No? Let me tell you something. The twinge in my gut. I knew immediately what had gone wrong. Ran straight to the bathroom. Lost my brownie. Look me in the eye. A casual Christian makes God feel this way. I don't want you to miss this. This isn't just light duty. Um, God's... This makes God sick. There are things in the Bible that make God angry. There are things that make God sad. This makes God sick is someone who is so comfortable that they've lost all their pa- they, they They haven't sat on either side of the fence. Now they just sit right in the middle. Yeah, I know God, but I'm not, I'm not going to live every way. I mean, let's not get fanatic about it here, Pastor. The word here is the, um, to spit, right? It, um, in Revelation, it's the only time this word is used in the, in the Scripture. In mayo, it, it means to spew, to spit, or to vomit. It means utter rejection, supremely repulsed. This is what God feels towards the casual Christian, I am who I am, look at, you know, I've done some things for you, I'm satisfied, I'm I'm feeling good, we've got the comforts of life, I'm not, I'm okay, I'm good, I'm good, I don't need for much, and in America, this is a problem, this is a problem, because we have all that we need. And so in that have, we lose Jesus. Listen, we lose our heart for the Lord. And We haven't grown cold. We still show up on Sundays. We still volunteer. We still throw a few ch- little change in the offering plate. But we don't live as if Christ has saved us from the grave. Have you ever heard the term oxymoron? Some of you have probably heard the word moron. I know I get called moron on a regular basis. Amen. Amen. I was waiting on it. Like an oxymoron is two words that are opposites that people put together. Like jumbo shrimp. naturally, genuine imitation, tight slacks, airline food, government efficiency, Microsoft works, sometimes the biggest oxymoron I can think of is lukewarm Christian. A Christian that would say, here, Lord, I accept you, but I'm not going to get crazy about it or anything. I'm not going to totally sell out uh, because I, I still have some things I like to do. And so I've... I've got about seven markers this morning of a, a lukewarm Christian I just want to walk through here that, that would be this church in Laodicea, that this church, what God is calling them out for. And the first is, a lukewarm Christian craves acceptance from people more than acceptance from God. We live in a culture that is selfie-centered, right? Taken. Picture selfies. It's all about me and how I feel. We hear terms like live your truth as if truth is a weaving thing that moves. We do understand that truth does not move, right? There is one truth. And so um, if you don't like me, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's a culture in which if you don't like me, I'll just adjust because I, I want you to like me. I want, I want your acceptance. I, I want to feel your acceptance. And what ends up for the lukewarm Christian, someone who is more dependent on earthly things than heavenly things, is, is a desire for acceptance here more than an acceptance with the king. I live, I've lived the majority of my life that way. I cannot stand people not liking me. And then I became a pastor and realized everybody's going to turn on you at some point. I went into ministry. Everybody's got a complaint. Everybody could do it better. And that's fine. Can I tell you something? I will not pastor this church based on your acceptance. I'm not here for your pat on the back. I'm, I'm here to honor God and be obedient to him. That is it. That's the only thing I'm here for. You all know, have to clap. It's, a, it's okay. It's okay. I just need you to know that a lukewarm Christian will crave acceptance from people more than they will crave acceptance from God. Number two, they rarely share their faith in Christ. And there could be a couple reasons for this. Many of us were saved radically. I don't, I don't know. Some of us remember when Christ saved us. It shook us. It changed everything. And then there are some, like myself, I grew up in church, and so faith was something, I, 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 the Lord eventually opened my eyes to him. I was around him all the time and missed him quite a bit. Many of us have been so far, like, if this, if this was where I found Christ, we have drifted so far into worldly pleasures. And when I say worldly pleasures, I mean the comforts of home. The comforts of where I am that all of a sudden I no longer depend on him. The other thing is we don't actually believe what we say we believe. Let me tell you something. If we believe that Christ is who he said he is, we would share it. It wouldn't be something we have to force, like, oh, let me be intentional about going to my neighbor. Hey, listen, my neighbor across the street, he doesn't come here because he works for CSX. He works third shift. He can never get here because he always gets home at, like, 9 a.m. from work. But can I tell you, when I talked to him, I didn't have to put, like, a reminder on my phone to tell him about Christ. Now, does this mean I'm going door to door and saying, do you know the Lord? No, it means I am building relationships with folks and it naturally, hey, it naturally just bubbles out of my spirit that the Lord, he is good. Do you know him? Do you know him? Lukewarm Christians don't feel that way. They have a hard time sharing their faith. One, either because they're so distant from what God has done in their lives that they've forgotten Laodicea got so comfortable. Or you don't really believe what you say you believe. The Bible tells us, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. Number three, rationalize sin. Sin. Lukewarm Christians will rationalize sin. This is a really cool thing nowadays because uh, we've like tried to like rename sin. Like we don't call it adultery anymore. We call it an affair because it just sounds nicer. Do you know there's whole websites designed around affairs did y'all hear about that big, uh, that they got hacked and it released a bunch of names of political figures and Christians that were on this site. It's a whole site designed around having a marital affair. And the tagline is this, life's short, have an affair. They have commercials. Christians Begin to rationalize their sin. Uh, they'll they'll call pornography adult entertainment, or or we'll say cuss words are adult language, as if you can't say it when you're nine, but you can say it when you're older. We start to, a lukewarm Christian will start to take the sin in their life and say, okay, well, I believe in God, but I mean, do, is He really going to nail me on this one? How many of us had that conversation? Of course, not with anybody else. We'd never admit to this. But we rationalize sin. Number four, we think more about life on earth than eternity in heaven. The Bible is very, very clear that we should be storing up, not earthly treasures, but heavenly treasures. Treasures, because where things don't corrupt and grow. For the lukewarm Christian, we're so caught up with our own lives down here that we forget that there's an eternity outside of this. And so we live life as if that big house is going to make it all right. That big salary. Look, I'm in the age bracket right now. I'm in the age bracket right now where everybody's chasing that dime. Accumulating wealth. And when I left my job to pastor, many of my friends said, man, you're crazy. Why would you give up that money? A retirement. You know why? These are, these are Christian friends. Christian friends. Because they are so caught up in this earthly thing. Am I saying retirement's bad? No. I think the Bible encourages planning and retirement and financial stewardship. But here's what I understand in scope of all that. Is that I'm just traveling through. Hey, hear me this morning. This is not it. If you think this is the last stop, it is not. There is an eternity in heaven and an eternity in hell. Okay? So listen, you can go either way. But let me tell you something. Don't be convinced that you can sit in this church and say, I believe in God, worship him, live like the devil and get to heaven. That's not how it works. You're not going to skate by. And he's trying to warn this church here at Laodicea. Number five, only, uh, lukewarm Christians only turn to God when they are in a bind. They pull God out of their toolbox like, like, oh, things are tight financially. I kid you not. I kid you not. I've got a friend that shows up to church every time he needs to change jobs or gets a promotion offer. He pulls God out of the box as if, hey, man, I really need some prayer, brother. I really need you to ask God to work on my behalf because I need him to do this. Boy, I'm sick. I've waited I, I don't I don't live like Christ at all outside, but man, I'm going to bear down and pray now cuz now I've got cancer or 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 now I'm sick. Let me pull God out of the box. Can he heal me? A lukewarm Christian lives this way. They pack God away for whenever they need him. Let me keep moving. Next, lukewarm Christians give whenever it is convenient. So the lukewarm Christian will give when it doesn't impinge on their own standard of living. When it's comfortable to do so. It's this whole comfortable Christianity. Um, and, and considering everything else is convenient, it makes sense that we would treat God as a convenience. And that's the way the church here is, is treating God as if I'll pull him out whenever I need him. I'm neither there nor here. I'm just kind of sitting in the middle. I'll, just, I'll grab at it when I need it. Lastly, and hear this clearly, they are not much different than the rest of the world. A lukewarm Christian is not much different than the rest of the world. You'd be able to look at a lukewarm Christian and probably the only difference between a lukewarm Christian and the rest of the world would be that they attend church on Sunday while the while others may not. It may affect their Sunday mornings, their Sunday morning schedule. A lukewarm Christian will not look much different than the world. And, and honestly, if, if, if I were to give you an eighth, I would say, and the Lord gave me this this morning, right before I had to write it in lukewarm Christians want the benefits of. And you can write this down on the back of your sheet if you want. Lukewarm Christians want the benefits of what Christ did without conforming to who he is. Lukewarm Christians want their fire insurance, but they don't want him to be Lord of their life. And by Lord of their life, I mean give him control. Say, here's my heart. Here's my sin. I want to put this... To death in me. I lived a significant portion of my life this way. I'll tell you, when I was interning, um, I've always grown up in church. My mom's sitting in the back, she'll tell you. I, uh, I was at church all the time. I lived at church. And uh, the Lord called, I felt the Lord tugging me at a young age to do this for a living. Right to, to consecrate my life to the ministry. And so in order to do that, I was told I needed to go to Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee. So I went to Lee University, signed up, and then I found a church. A church actually let me come in and intern full time for them. So I would do classes and then I would intern at this church. I was the youth ministry intern. And as the internship went on, I'll tell you what, what happened. is I, I became a full-time intern and a part-time Christian. I would read my Bible to preach, but I had no regular prayer or Bible life outside of that. I would, people would come to me and ask me for prayer, and I would say, I'll pray for you, and I rarely would do that. I would, it would just be words out of my mouth. And this morning, my concern is that we have become, I don't know what it is for you, a full-time mom and a part-time Christian, full-time parent. And so your kids are more important than keeping Christ-centric in your home. We live a whole culture where we, we want to push our kids into so many things but not push them towards Jesus. Because we're lukewarm. Full-time business owner, part-time Christ follower, full-time student, part-time disciple, full-time retiree, part-time committed Christ A full-time critic. A part-time, obedient lover of Jesus. It's not like this everywhere, though. It's It's not like this everywhere. If you jump the sea and go over to China, it costs you something to be a Christian there. To utter the name of Jesus Christ in other places of the world, you would be killed. We're so comfortable here We're so comfortable here It's easy to be lukewarm But can I tell you this morning That Christ today Is looking for Christians Who will be hot for Him who will be passionate for Him. Christians that will crave acceptance from Him, share Him whenever and wherever possible. They long to be with Him eternally. The world is not their home. They give radically and generously, fanatically. They seek God faithfully. They grieve over their sinfulness. And they're different. God wants a different people. You might say, Pastor Carl, what do you want me to say? Uh, You know. I love what he said here about their indifference. Right after he called them indifferent. You need to ask yourself the question today, am I an indifferent Christian? Or am I sold out to what he's done in me? Am I sold out to the mission he's called me to? Or am I just playing the game? If you're wondering what the next step for you, this oxymoron of lukewarm Christian, and maybe this morning, maybe you, the Holy Spirit is right now knocking on your heart saying, you're wretched, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. This is what he says. In verse 20, he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they will eat with me. If you're wondering what the next step is, open the door. Just open the door. Stop keeping him at a distance. Stop keeping him in this sanctuary on Sundays. And open the door to the rest of your life, at your school, with your friends, with your co-workers, around the family you don't like. Where you don't feel like being a Christian. You just want to tell them what's on your mind. Many of us are eating with family today. So I don't know, maybe the Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you that. open the door he's knocking he's knocking he's knocking and all i have to do is open the door and he said he'd come in and not just come in and hang out but he'd eat with you in biblical days to eat with one another was an intimate thing you were judged by who you ate with that's why Jesus caught such a bad rap because he ate with some terrible dudes. He ate with the poor, the sick, the rejected, the tax collectors, the despised. And he's knocking on our hearts today. I don't want you to leave here and say, yeah, I believe in God, but I'm not going to go overboard. Go overboard. Dive in. Dive in. Open the door to Jesus Christ. I promise you, look at me, I promise you, when you sell out to him, it makes a difference. Jesus makes a difference when you give it your all. He will. Kirsten's going to sing, and I just want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and, and think on the Lord. Ask the Lord to reveal in your heart areas where, where you can grow, where you can sell out to him.